This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Uh, Glad to have you here. We are getting off the turkey train momentarily on this episode, and we're talking about some food plot stuff, thinking more deer-focused. Yeah, we're done turkeys. We are done, but we're going to touch and... That's true, yeah. And it's not over. We're still going to nibble a little bit on turkey hunting here and there for the next couple episodes. So sorry if you hate turkeys, but you're welcome if you like turkey hunting. Because I don't think everybody agrees with us on, like, the the fuck turkeys thing. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people like turkey I don't fully mean it. Just It's funny when Eric's here to do it. But anyway, uh, so uh, announcements, podcast is still June 12th. For everyone asking, you don't need to register in advance. You just show up and register there. Um, The after party starts at... Just after you leave the shoot, go to Jigs's Tavern and Alexis. Yeah. There's going to be some live music there. Um, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a real great time. Um, what else? Other announcements? Really, that's it right now. We have some stuff brewing that is going to come out here, and we're still working on our new studio. Yep. Um, that's going to be awesome. We got, I mean, not a whole lot of work. No, we, we've been doing work. Yeah. We're actually, after we do this intro, we've already recorded the episode. We're going to go work on it and do a uh, recording at the bar at our new studio. I'm excited. That'll be fun. It will be. Well, it'll be kind of the first official podcast at the building, but not in the studio. And our security cameras are going off at the studio, so that must uh, mean Eric just walked Eric in the door. Eric showed up already. Uh, we have security cameras, and we hired security, so yeah. they hang out there. Um, Watch out. The podcast is presented by HHA Sports. Um, absolutely love our HHAs. We get a lot of questions on going from a multi-pin site to a single-pin site. Personally, for me, the transition wasn't hard because it brings up clarity when you're aiming. I like that a lot better. I like the dependability of HHA products that back it with a lifetime warranty. Mm-hmm. And uh, Midwestern, Wisconsin proud. Um, HHASports.com. And you can use code WCB15 to get yourself into a new site rest or stabilizer setup. Um also, Scent Crusher, I am really on the studio floor right now as my roller bag. I'm using that as my luggage for 
our Wyoming bear hunt trip next week. So that's smart. Everything I'm I'm putting all my Huntworth camo in there, getting it all off to one side, and then I'm packing my backpack. Um, I have a tree stand, Badlands backpack. I'm packing everything in there that I need and stuffing that inside the roller bag and zipping it up. And that's what I'm going to take. Do you really so, need that many other clothes? Not really. It's a little weird there. Like I have some of the heavyweight Huntworth stuff yeah. to go uh, when it gets cold in the afternoon when you're hunting and then gotcha. in the mornings and at night. Um, and then it kind of gets warm during the day. But it works out good. Like that roller bag is so durable and it's got wheels like luggage. And it's, you can fit so much in there. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, just think, I have all my hunting clothes, my yeah. pack, my safety harness, um, my sleeping bags in there, and I still have room. Nice. I could get inside that thing, and you could zip it up and roll me around in if you had to. So uh, Save you a ticket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be horrifying. Um, so kind of like a two-in-one plug there is the uh, the Scent Crusher roller bag and Huntworth, um, which is great about what's great about Huntworth I'm disarming the security cameras that are going off like crazy. It, their stuff is super reasonably priced, mm-hmm. and you can get it about anywhere. Like our Farm King has it. I believe Farm and Fleet carries it. Um, they have two awesome pattern, patterns. Um, Tarnan is one. Um, let me grab the – like they're, glo- they're known for their gloves. Let me grab them. Hold on. I haven't seen these bad boys yet. Intermission. Oh, I, I saw Eric's. Uh, he had a, he wore that turkey hunt, uh, the Huntworth. Yeah, he had, uh, I actually, that was like shipped to us. I was like, ah, it fits Eric better. He has less of a beer belly. Yeah. This is, uh, some of their gloves. They have like lightweight, midweight, heavyweight, everything. Um, but these are all in disruption. They're one of their patterns, which is more of like a digital look pattern. I like them both. I like disruption and Tarnan. I'll probably wear like a mixture of the two actually, um, kind of break up the, the different stuff but i like it. it looks good got base layers i'm set and it really it's only takes up a very small amount of that sink crusher roller bag so it's kind of a great great setup and it's just good looking stuff too especially for the price like you can be into top-notch camo for like i hate the term working class budget but you can get into it for not a lot of money at all hey, look good feel good uh, that, that's exactly right um also big time is one of our proud partners they are title sponsoring the shoot actually and title sponsor in the after party. Um, I feel guilty. I don't feel guilty because it's not my fault, but I had some things happen in my life and I haven't been able to do the spring plots that I want. Yeah. Um, but I'm working on getting in. I'm at least going to try and get some clover out. I really, really wanted to get borderline out, but I'm, I'll, I'll still probably plan it. Won't get as tall as I want. I don't think, but if I, after the bear hunt, if I can get to it, I think I can get it in in time. I think, I think you'd be good. You think so? Yeah. I hope. But doesn't hurt to try either. I still have plans on doing like some working class food plot videos showing how you can do it for cheap. Yeah, I've been mowing one of the food plots with my zero turn. There you go. So you could, however, you got to make it work. Yeah, you know, you got to make it work. Uh, Big time has a code. Everything on their store except for the soil sample tests or soil test kits. Uh, WCB twenty twenty one podcast also brought to you by Rogue Ridge and the Grind Turkey Calls and Decoys. The Rogue Ridge, man. I wish I could take it to Wyoming with me, but I don't know if I really want to roll that baby on a plane. Uh, we're just passing by one on horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, losers. A bear think I'm some sort of animal and just maul me down. <laughs> I could probably, I could out, I could jump over a bear on my Rogue Ridge and go. get away. Um, Rogue Ridge is those things are fun. Yeah. I, I had a couple of listeners messaging me about them. I think they're starting to think about them coming into the summer and into the fall, and maybe trying to justify to their old ladies. 
I'm like, yeah, instead of buying a four wheeler, I wanted to buy one of those, like scent free, quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and honestly, they're fun. Yeah. You know, I think people forget that part of it. It's a damn good time. You can pedal it like a bike. Yeah. If you need to work out, ride around jumping around like I do. I don't know. I beat the shit out of that thing. Yeah, I've seen it firsthand. I think Rogue Ridge probably low key is like, hey, you know, don't do that. Yeah, take it easy. They haven't said anything. <laughs> but I think if we keep doing photo shoots and me trying to jump the thing and snap it in half. Because every time there's a camera, you're like, hey, watch this. <laughs> hey, get that thing out. <laughs> like three foot of air that time. Uh, I don't know. They don't, they haven't said anything. I don't think they hey, care. Hey, you put it to the test. Hey, that's what, that's what they're working to us for, right? Yeah. Um, also, Old Barn Taxidermy, man. And a huge shout out to everybody at Old Barn Taxidermy. Um, I just picked up my bear, which is just mind-blowing. And I almost feel a little bad that I picked up my bear the same time I picked up my dad's last buck that he shot last fall. Yeah. Because it's not that anything is wrong with the bear, but it's like a, they did a tribute to my old man, to Papa Dave, on the buck. Like, they put a canvas photo of my dad with the buck on the back of the wall pedestal. And I'm not kidding. The shoulder mount is one of the most beautiful shoulder mounts that I've ever seen. It's killer. It is mind-blowing. I mean, it helps that the buck has, like, an early season cape. Yeah. Because um, my dad shot it October 8th or October 9th. Still, though. But it is, dude, the work is, it's insane. It, to me, it is mind-blowing that people that are local to our area or, like, within dr- a couple-hour driving distance to Old Barn, it blows my mind that people still think that they can save money by going to another tax term. Like, it kind of upsets me a little bit. From the experiences yeah. we have with, like, True. how good the quality is, the price is not bad. You're mid-500s for a top-notch shoulder mount. And, like, uh, the, the time you get it back, too. Yeah, the time you get it back, it's you're not going to wait three, four years. Mm-hmm. You just You just won't. Like, it's the most efficiently ran taxidermy. I, I'm confident saying that. It has to be the most yeah, efficiently yeah. ran taxidermy business there is. You got to be right. I walked to Sam has shown me, like, all the stuff they change at the taxidermy shop. They have a monitor that comes up that has, like, their hit list for the week of what they need to get mounted under each person's name. Like, the oh, finishers really? in the taxidermy game. Yeah. Damn. Like, I walked in there. Your mom's buck was getting mounted. Um, Casey Thompson, a WCB member, her buck is in there. Got the assembly the line there. It's insane how efficient it is. Uh so if that interests you, check out Old Barn Taxidermy. I promise you will not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at it as a tattoo. Don't waste your money on shitty tattoos and don't waste your money on shitty taxidermy. You spend all your money on everything else for hunting. Yeah. Don't quit it out on taxidermy because, you know. Yeah, don't be licking on the wall later on like, fuck. Yeah. Don't. God damn. It's embarrassing, too. Yeah. Uh, Old Barn Taxidermy. Absolutely love them. Um, Gator Outdoors. Wade's actually going to be on the bear hunt with us, the owner of Gator. Oh, yeah. He's going to be on the second, well, the last week of bear camp. So there'll be a lot of Gator Outdoors photos. Lifestyle be, brand, just good people in general. They'll be at the shoot, too, the, that dick. He has to. I think they're setting up a Gator Outdoors tent at the shoot. So Better. But they got, you can go to GatorOutdoors.com and use code WCB25 and save some money. Um, also, Lead Archery. I have a remedy sitting here, and I haven't been able to set it up. Um, so I'm taking my cure, uh, which is completely okay. Yeah. It's already dialed in. I just didn't want to get cut short on time and feel unprepared. Yeah, like rush tightening it in. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like I, I want it to be nice. But Pristine. I should have that thing going for the shoot, I hope, anyway. Um, I'm trying to get mine ready for the shoot, too. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to have it ready. Yeah, you should have that thing rocking by now, but it's all good. It is what it is. Uh, we got some big news coming with Elite here in the next month or so. Some exciting stuff coming down the line. Super thankful for that partnership. And uh, new to our partners, uh, Spy Point Cameras. Um, Woo. I, I'm dude. I'm I'm excited for this one. There's some cool oh, yeah. stuff. They're willing to work with us. They're stepping some things up on the spy point side. Uh, we're most familiar with 
the cell link um, product from them. Basically, you buy a unit that attaches to any trail cam- camera you have, and it plugs in the SD slot, and yeah. it turns any regular trail cam- camera into a cellular camera. That's nuts. Um, and a lot, I know some people have issues with them. Some people don't. I recommend use good batteries, like lithium batteries, and then make sure your camera, like firmware or software or whatever, on your on your Cellink unit and your camera is all updated, and you shouldn't have any issues. Hmm. I ran six this year with no hiccups. Um, I ran the Verizon, and where I'm at, that's the best. Yeah, um, I think that in my experience, that's the best. Yeah, so um, I had no issues. So maybe if you ever did have an issue with one of those, maybe see make sure all that's up to date. Um, and they're working on uh, stepping up all their customer service and everything too. Weird. You think service would be I don't know, available everywhere? It's like 2021, man. Like worldwide Wi-Fi. Yeah. It should be. Like, come on. It should be. I don't know. What do you do? We're getting there. Whatever. Um, a <laughs> couple of things, Doug. I know you have a veteran shout out. Um, and I sorry do. if we're getting rambly here. Um, but I wanted to read something quick before you do the veteran shout out. Okay. Um, I had somebody. Write this in. I'm going to just read it as it was sent to me um, because I don't know this person, but I want to at least give this guy a shout out. So Adam Hudson wrote in, uh, hey, fellas, not sure if y'all can give this a shout out or not. Um, If not, I understand. Tyler Carroll is a guy from my area and was on his way home to Charleston, West Virginia, when he witnessed a pretty bad crash. He pulled over to help. And when he got out of his vehicle, he was struck by another vehicle traveling at highway speed. Um, he's in the hospital and has to go through multiple operations and blood transfusion. Uh, Tyler's a pipe fitter and an outdoorsman. If y'all would like to know more, um, oh, there is a Facebook page with a GoFundMe for medical expenses. Okay, I'll see if I can find that and link that into the description of the episode. Um, but if not, Adam Hudson on Instagram has that information. But, man, that just sucks to hear that he's trying yeah. to do something good. and That's insane. Well, ho- hopefully you're pulling through okay, Tyler, and we are wishing for a speedy recovery for you, man. That's crazy. You hate to hear good people get hurt like that, man. But, okay, I'll, I'll try and find that GoFundMe and link it in so everybody can find that they want to contribute to that. Anyway, hope you're doing okay. Yeah, hope he does. Hope he pulls out. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Sounds like a tough bastard anyway, so. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know. Uh, this veteran shout-out is brought to you by Operation HHA USA. Uh, check them out. They should be having shoots coming up here soon. Probably starting. They're going already. Yeah, they're man. going already. Yeah. We got to get to one though. I know. I'm. I'm I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, the world's caving in on us. We yeah. got to get get something figured we'll out. We'll make it work. We've been saying that for like yeah. six weeks. I know. Uh, this is submitted by Courtney Jones, and the veteran is uh, Jordan Jones. He's in the U.S. Army. Says my husband is a huge fan of the show and listens to it regularly. There isn't very many car rides anymore that doesn't involve the show. He served in the Army for almost five years and deployed twice in Afghanistan. Now home, he works for our local sheriff's office as a canine officer and teaches D.A.R.E. to elementary kids. There isn't very many car rides anymore that doesn't involve the show. He loves to bow hunt and chase spring gobblers. So uh, thanks for submitting that, Courtney, and thanks for your service, Jordan. Hopefully thanks, Jordan. he smacked a gobbler. I love that. Like, she, she's probably low-key rolling her eyes at us because she has to listen to our dumb asses <laughs> talk in the car. Hopefully, hopefully this one gets played a lot just because you can hear his name again just repeat this yeah one. just put it on repeat you'll be fine this'll be your favorite episode <laughs> awesome thanks for your service man yeah thank you for your service jordan and uh good luck this upcoming season getting ready to transfer into whitetail stuff here but this is food plot related we hope you enjoy we're going to quit rambling and let you get to your episode of enjoyment thank you for your, for the support give me another beer doug <laughs> 
All right, here we are. We have Lincoln Roan on the phone with us. Uh, what's going on, man? Hey, we're just uh, just waiting on uh, on the podcast. You're ready to go. Yeah, we appreciate you doing this. We met at the Iowa Classic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep. The Iowa Deer Classic. Yeah, we had a uh, booth right across the aisle. Yeah, which is cool. Um, sorry that you had to witness our shenanigans all weekend. <laughs> and put up with our shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I was say, typically, was... I'm like, man, I feel bad for our booth neighbors at most shows because we're kind of, <laughs> we can get rowdy. I don't know. It depends. Uh, you guys were good. It was fun. It was cool to have you across from us. Yeah, so it worked out. We're like, hey, exchanged numbers and talked a little bit. And like, well, let's get a podcast done. And, and here we are yeah. a few months later. And um, so, man, t- talk about Packer Max and kind of just build up, like, how you got into the industry or the food plot industry or implement industry, whatever you consider it to be. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it kind of started out um, – you know, I've been obviously planting food plots of my own, you know, on our own property for, you know, a little over 20 years. I'm a little bit older than you guys, but uh, <laughs> we won't go there. Yeah, so, we won't talk um, about that. Yeah. Right, right. So, but, you know, so so basically it was a, a whole system of trial and error and learning, you know, throughout that, that uh, throughout that probably decade of, of planting food plots on our own. And, you know, I learned a lot along the way and we've became, you know, kind of, we went from, from deer hunters to deer managers through that whole process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're, we're doing habitat projects and, you know, and expanding food plots and, and just trying to get better at it. And, you know, for, for herd nutrition, for growing, you know, bigger deer, cause who doesn't like that? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and so, um, uh, we were planning food plots and, and learning along the way. We, we started kind of driving over, you know, we'd seed our food plots, um, and then we would end up driving over them with tractor tires and that wasn't quite getting it. And then we ended up buying a lawn roller and, and that wasn't quite yeah, getting the it. The old chain link fence trick sometimes I've seen or I've used. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bed spring, you know, whatever. Or a, <laughs> or a, a pallet, you know. Right. Uh, Hack a harrow section off and use that. Yep. I like yeah, the, I like know, the I mean, bed spring. <laughs> yeah. You know, you burn a bed spring and, and, or you burn a mattress and use the bed spring, you know. And uh, so, so that wasn't quite getting it. And then we, I ended up finding this, uh, the Packer Max um online and just kind of stumbled on it we were looking for a call to packer and i thought you know those are those are pretty cool you know you they fill them with water and you get your weight and uh, so i ended up buying one and uh, absolutely loved it it was a game changer for our food plot program um you know you get better germination rates you know better seed to soil contact just an overall better performing food plot uh, when you use a call to packer, I mean, there's a reason farmers have been using these things for generations. That's because they work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and I love the fact you could drain it out and move it around, you know, you fill it with water to get your weight. And um, so we so ended up buying that. And uh, I have a, a deer hunting group here in Michigan. It's called Michigan Deer Hunters. Let them go and let them grow. And that's off the Facebook group. We have about 30,000 members. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had, we had some big events and the previous owner reached out to me and, uh, 
donated a couple of these things to our to our events and uh, so so through that process i got to know him pretty well mm-hmm. and you know was pretty interested in his business and whatnot and i uh, thought it was pretty cool he's doing something he loved and um he reached out to me one day and said hey you know i'm thinking about selling my company would you uh, care if i posted it for sale on your you know on your facebook page and i'm like well you know hold on a minute let's talk about this so <laughs> yeah uh you know, so I'm not smart enough to invent the product, but I'm smart enough to know a good product when I see it, and I bought the company. So Very cool. Awesome. Um, you know, and so um, so through that process, you know, we kind of, I call it my Shark Tank deal. Um, <laughs> right, there you, you go. Know, kind of is, yeah. Right, you know, so we, we kind of, you know, we did a financing thing through, you know, with each other, and, you know, we paid a, a royalty type of deal till the business was paid off, and, and um you know, we took it, and he hadn't done much with it at all. And but I, again, I knew it was a, a great product, and uh, so we started. You know, we started the process of you know the building the Facebook, building the Instagram, uh, building all the marketing the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 at the same time, you know, trying to trying to you know get it out there, get it sold, get it you know get it shipped. That's the other nice thing about these is we you know we can ship them right to your doorstep. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, which is huge for you know a call to pack because obviously the cast iron ones you're not shipping. Anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, Amazon's not dropping off, yeah. dropping <laughs> unless off. Unless you get a fork, <laughs> unless you get a fork truck at your house. Right, right, right exactly. So, uh, so anyway, so I, we bought the company, and it kind of the rest is history. And you know, and we've 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 grown every single year. Uh, I, I bought it three years ago. Uh, our first year. You know, we did uh, maybe maybe 150 units, and I was doing it part time at the time. Uh, I still had a you know a career, and uh, I was an operations manager at a small company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And um, and then through a chain of events, uh, I ended up losing my job, and it would seem you know it was tough a tough blow at that time, but. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that silver lining, and I've I've always wanted to own my own business, and I just decided, you know what, you know, we're going to take this thing and run with it, and uh, so I started, you know, full time doing it full time, and you know, the following year, um, you know, we did 400, and then you know, last year, even through COVID, we did 850, and we're on track to uh, to to probably triple that this year. Wow, so. that's awesome, man! Congrats, yeah, good for you. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, it's, it's been a cool, it's been a cool process. You know, I, I you know, the old scenario, you know, if, if you love what you do, you're never going to work a day in your life. And, um, you know, it, that is true to some degree, but I mean, owning a company, obviously you're in kind of in control of your own destiny, so to speak. And, yep. um, you know, it's a lot of work and, mm-hmm. um, there's, it's a whole different kind of stress though. You're, you know, you're, it's, it's just, it's, I can't even explain to you. It's it's just a different stress than than when you're in a company situation. You have a boss that's just you know dragging on you or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. you know, also, too, like to everybody in so. a corporate situation, it's you're kind of guaranteed checks in yes. a way. Whereas yes. <laughs> when you work for yourself, it's like your hustle now gets you paid for later down the road. Mm-hmm. It's not like that yep. paycheck on Friday type difference. Yep. Yep, you, you are 100% correct, and and you know, and through that process, you know, that security of having that check every week, uh, when all of a sudden that disappears, and you know, my wife was 
completely not on board with doing this because, <laughs> you know, they, they need that security and, and right. you know, and I said, well, how secure is it when you, you know, you lose your job after 15 years, you know, so. Right. Good point. So, she just wants to know, keep so that sugar again, daddy around, you know. What's that? She needs to keep that sugar daddy around, you know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so we, you know, here we are. We, you know, we, we, we've, we've been busting it and um, we've grown it into, into, uh, you know, a, a legitimate company that is uh, getting to be, you know, recognized around and, you know, and, you know, we, like you said, we were at the Deer Classic together, and, you know, and besides you guys, you know, have with all the celebrities in your booth, you know, Easy. You, you, you saw it. we had we had a pretty steady flow of, of you know, big names coming through our booth, you yeah. know, um, talking to us. And, you know, when Mark Drury uh, comes in and says, hey, man, you guys are doing a fantastic job. You know, they have one. I, I sent them one and they they you know, he said we're going to he literally said we're going to use the shit out of this thing. You know, and yeah. when Mark Drury says that, you you know, you're like, OK. You know, you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You're feeling pretty good about it, you know, and then, you know, I know Glessinger has been on your show a few times and, yeah. you know, you know, he's got, uh, he's going to be getting one, but he, you know, he, he's just, you know, he's all about it. He's just very, uh, you know, I love very interested guy. in the thing. So super smart. He's very intelligent yeah. when it comes to that stuff. Oh yeah, it's oh, yeah. Uh, that guy was awesome. really cool, man. We got along really well. I'm looking forward to recording a lot more shows with that guy. He's, Absolutely. He's our people. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's he's his his knowledge base of, of big whitetails is crazy. I mean, it's any well, you know, and again, like you guys said in the podcast with him, you know, anybody that's got three two hundred inch bucks, uh, you know, I think it was three years running, isn't it? Or I think or like three out of four, three, three four. and a one ninety something in yeah. four years. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, come on. Yeah, you can't argue with that. <laughs> hey, I don't care. He's got something figured out. Well, that's right. That is a good point because there's nothing anybody can say. Like you can be a hater and be like, "Well, yeah, but he's hunting it." Yeah, but he did the work to get he those bucks. He put the freaking work in to get yeah, you exactly. Know? That doesn't happen by yes. accident. Otherwise, that happened no. all the time. Right. Exactly. Right. You and I could go out and shoot 190s on a regular basis. You know. <laughs> right. And, and obviously that doesn't happen. So you know how many 190 notice. typicals I've seen. I, I, Maybe yeah, one. I've never seen Maybe one. <laughs> and probably it wasn't. I probably, it was probably 140, and I got excited. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. right. Well, I hunt, it was 400 I yards away. Michi- I hunt in Michigan, so uh, we don't. There, I don't know that there's a 190 in the entire county that I hunt. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just goes to show, like, some of these guys are so dialed. So, but, you know, going back right. to that, that's what makes it such a big deal when Greg's excited about it or Mark Jury gives you credit for something because right. those guys have done it all. They've seen it all. They're not going to just hand out compliments because they just for, right. the, for the fuck of it. Like, they mean it when they say it. And they probably use right. every piece of equipment out there, too. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, so, um, you know, and then and we've got it on, you know, a bunch of different YouTube channels and um, you know, it's, it's a great product. And again, it's, it, uh, I always say who, you know, he who has the most groceries wins. And, you know, if you don't have a, a good base of groceries on your property, um, you know, that's probably the, the, the most important part of it along with some other things. But, yeah. um, you know, you got to have good groceries. If you don't, you know, you might as well, you're going to, I mean, you're going to be struggling. So. Right, right. Well, Lincoln, so when I talk to people, I'm like, oh, yeah, I stay like Colta Packer. I find mm-hmm. most of my hardcore deer hunting guys that I'm talking to, they're like, oh, yeah, I got one, or, yeah, I need to get one. Mm-hmm. But then yep. I would say 
probably half of people half the people I talk to are like, "What's a cultipacker?" Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. Can you break down what a cultipacker is physically and then what it does? So uh, the old style cultipackers are, you know, they're cast iron, they're big, bulky, heavy, um, you know, they're made out of out of a bunch of individual discs on a on a uh, axle. And what basically what you would do or what, what happens is you, you till or disc your soil, you broadcast the seed, and then you run over with a caldo packer, and it, it actually sets the seed into the soil, uh, presses it down in. You want good seed-to-soil contact. And then when it does that, it also uh, it compresses the soil to help to uh, retain the soil moisture that's there. And then it leaves grooves in the soil, and this is probably the one of the most single, the single most important thing, is the grooves that are left in the soil. It it channels that moisture when you get when you get rainfall precipitation. It channels that moisture to the bottom of the grooves, and it holds it there, and it keeps it from running off. It allows it to absorb and stay put. Interesting. I just thought it was just so it looked cool. <laughs> well, I mean, it's part of that too. You, know? you say, you know, hey, I got a call to parent. I'm, you know, I'm a badass. I know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But uh, that makes a lot of know, sense. So they, right. So they, so they, you know, again, farmers have been using these things for generations for a reason, and, and it's just because they make such a huge difference in seed to soil contact, you know, soil moisture retention, and and just overall food plot performance. Once in your germination rates, it's crazy that people. I, they send me these, you know, they send me pictures um, of, you know, like uh, food plot or uh, some trail camera pictures that they have on their food plot from when they planted it. And then 10 days later, you know, after they use the Packer Max, they've got a, a green up and growing, you know, uh, legitimate food plot already. I mean, you, they just, the germination rates are just crazy. So, you know, once that stuff's up and growing, you know, the root systems are getting established, you, you're holding that moisture, and, you know, the rest is history. So It's just crazy those little things you can do, like using a cold packer that can make your food pot grow that much faster, you know, instead of just broadcasting mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and letting it sit on top Over of the, the soil, best. you know, you're actually pushing it in the ground and then right. sustaining that water. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and you're not, you're not setting the soil, you know, you're not setting it too deep either where – you know, a lot of times, with, especially with, you know, clovers or brassicas, which are so incredibly, you know, popular with uh, for whitetail forages, is, you know, if you if you set those too deep, they are not going to grow. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so just by, by, by seeding into a, like the smaller, the smaller seeds, what you would do is you would, you would, you know, broadcast or your till or disc, whatever the case may be, you'd, you would then call to pack the field and then you'd broadcast your seed and then you'd pack it again because you want to you want to broadcast onto a firm seed bed. Ah, right. And then so and then push, you know, and then that sets that seed down in, to the perfect, you know, eighth inch or, or or even just pushed into the soil and uh you get your first rain and it's off to the races. And then so. it pops up in little rows too so you look even cooler. Yep. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> look at that. Look what you know what you're doing. <laughs> yep. People go you know, they always ask, "God, did you plant that with a with a you know, with a, a green drill, I'm like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Just, it's all me, baby, right there. I planted each That's individual great. seed in a row by <laughs> yeah, hand. <exactly. laughs> your, your inner Amish came out and you just went for it. Um, yep. You know, I'm I'm learning. I say this every uh, probably food plot podcast, food plot related podcast mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much information about 
food plotting that I yep. forget it all. And I feel I, – I think I'll forever feel like an idiot when it comes to food plots. But I'm slowly – slowly retaining information after six years mm-hmm. of talking about it on a, on a podcast we're because getting, we're getting there yep. we're getting there i'm very working yep. class budget minded like i just bought myself a little john deere 650 um yep. i just got a little compact tiller for it and i'm a little brush king cutter brush cutter is next yep. on the list and then of course this colta packer i'm i'm planning to all have a part of my um working class bow hunter food plot um idiot toolkit um, the arsenal. The, yeah, arsenal. the arsenal. So I'm going to, you know, pay more and more attention and actually apply it and use it to the best of my budget and with the best products I can get a hold of. So, um, yeah. but anyway, so I'm looking forward to using some of this and over the years seeing what kind of difference it makes. Because mm-hmm. before it's like I'd have to pay a buddy to come out till pay or pay them in product and then. Yep. Have them till for me. Then we broadcast, and one year we did have a Colta Packer, like a, a handmade deal, and it did make a huge, huge difference. Um, but yep. other than that, it's like just drive over it or hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Right, just throw on top right. of the dirt. Uh, but what's I think it's almost like adds that, like you're licking the envelope on your food plot. Yeah. Would be yep. kind of like the analogy, I putting, guess. Putting the seal on it. Yep. Putting the seal on yeah. it. Yeah. Putting the stamp of approval. Yep, it is the it's the final. It is you know it's the, the in the the final pass is likely the most important part of the whole process. So, you know, and and exactly exactly that what what you learn over the years. Like I'm gonna say, a food plotter's best friend is a is a is a is a notepad. Oh, and okay. A, and, or an iPad or something you can take notes on because from one year to the to the next, a lot of guys forget what they did. <laughs> right you know i'm finding that all the time and you know in this in my, in my business because we sell you know in our shop we sell food plastic we sell you know sell liquid fertilizer and obviously the packer max uh line of call to packers but you know these guys are constantly asking these questions you know should i get a should i get a soil test absolutely 100 percent. if you don't know where you're you know if you don't know where your nutrient levels are or your ph is you're just pissing into the wind and you're just guessing <laughs> I'm you know, terrible at getting soil tests. Oh, I'm the worst. I'm at so it. bad at it. <laughs> Everybody is. I've never heard of her. <laughs> never heard of her. Right. right. <laughs> Who's that? You know. So they're they're but they're incredibly important and they're so easy. All you got to do is you know gather up some dirt. You know, I would say take the top four inches over. You know, over in maybe four or five places, like in a in a one acre food plot, and you know you put it in a bucket, you mix it up. You know, dry it out a little bit, put it in a in a bag, and send it to you know. Biologic has a has a if you go on the plantbiologic.com, you know they have a link right on there for a soil test. We got to shout out uh, Big Time. Big Time has a soil test kit on their website too. Yep, yep. Big Time's got one. Um, Plot Doctor has one. I mean, you know, all these there's 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 several available. You, they're in their cheap. They're like you know ten twelve bucks. And, and even if you're then in they like send a, you an email back with you know exactly your nutrient levels and, and what you need. So okay, uh, so true. they lay it out for you. They don't expect somebody like me to figure out what I need. No, like this, and I, I the biologic one. You know they 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 break it down even to to square foot because a lot of food plots. I'm going to say, I mean most food plots are not an acre. Right. You know? Yeah, it's, I don't think I've ever planted a full acre food plot. Most of them are like third acre or half acre yep. is a big one for me 
Yep, yep, exactly. And probably 90% of the guys that I talk to, you know, all of their food plots are one acre or less. And so, yeah, uh, yeah they'll break it down into, into, you know, tons per acre or tons per or, or pounds per square foot. Uh, and then, and then you just, all you need to do is, you know, it's super easy to measure out your food plot on, you know, on different apps, you know, Onyx, uh, HuntStand, you know, all these different apps you can, you can, you know, just outline your perimeter of your food plot Yeah, yeah. and it tell, tells you exactly how big it is. So, um, and then you know what you're working with, you know, the, you, you, if it calls for 400 pounds of, of lime per or a thousand pounds of lime per acre, well then, you know, you know what you're doing and then, uh, how much nitrogen and potash and and phosphorus. I gotta be honest with you. I think maybe part of the Mm -hmm. reason why I haven't done soil test kits, I've I've done them in the past, um, Mm -hmm. partially because my old man like had leaded the way on that. And I was just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I guess I'm kind of a worthless food plotter. I'm like having a self-realization as I talk about it. Um, (laughs) I, I think part of the fear is, and maybe I can speak for some of the listeners out there or maybe everybody else in the studio right now, that we're kind of like, yeah, we're pissing in the wind without doing it, but I think low-key we're kind of like, we're busy. That's a headache to have to put down potash and lime and all this stuff, and we're kind of just like spray and pray and and hope it works out, even though we're probably wasting more money by not getting the soil test kit done and then, you know – well, that too, and like with myself, I can't access any of my food plots with any equipment. So right, they're hand tools mm-hmm. type yep. stuff. Yeah, yep, yep. You know, and that's that's one thing with um this whole this whole no till uh, process that's then become you know it's becoming so popular. Yeah, that's why that big time buck brunch is so popular yeah. with our listeners and yep. stuff because they that's yep. the most reliable in our experience. Yep. Yeah, and you know, and you you can. You can use a backpack sprayer, you know, like if you have a, if just say if you have a, a quarter of an acre micro plot and you can't even get a, you know, you can't get a tractor to, if you can get a quad runner to it with a sprayer or a backpack sprayer, you know, you go in there, you, you, you know, you hit, hit the, uh, run the glyphosate, um, or roundup, whatever, and you kill all your, you know, kill your vegetation. Uh, let it set for a couple of weeks. Let that you know vegetation maybe start to break down. You can literally broadcast right into that standing grass or vegetation that's dead, and run the call to packer, you know the packer max over it, and push that seed down in, and you kind of lay that thatch down over the seed. And I'm telling you, it it works like a champ. And that's good to you know. know. You don't you know you don't have to do any killing. Don't do anything. You just you just you're you're literally using the the, the grass or the thatch as a, you know, as a, you know, like the, when they seed along the side of a highway, they throw straw down, you know, and yeah. that's, it's kind of the same principle. And, um, interesting. Never thought of it that way. Yeah. So I, you've got a lot of people are doing that. Some guys are, 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 you know, trying to build their soil. They're planting buckwheat, um, you know, in, in say June. And then when times they, the buckwheat gets, you know, two feet tall or whatever, uh, and then in September, the first part of September, when it's time to plant your fall plots, you broadcast right into that standing buckwheat, and then you crush it down with the Packer Max, and you can spray it at that point too with the, with the glyphosate. Um, and then it's just like laying a quarter of an inch of dirt over your seeds. It comes up through that, you know, through the the stalks of the of the buckwheat, and that that buckwheat, 
material, you know, breaks down and it becomes organic material. So you're literally building your soil from the top down. Oh man, I think that's a pro tip because I found until I got my little 1984 John Deere 650. What's up? Mm-hmm. Shout out to the working class guys. Um, I didn't have access to a mower, and it was always a pain in the ass to get like right. the mower I needed for something like that. So, yep, that's I'm out there with my push mower, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mowed what's going to be Just my future plot today with my zero turn, all with the deck all the way up. Oh hell yeah! Uh, I'm taking my push. I'm taking my push mower out there and fucking wax the shit down. I uh, <laughs> while we're talking about Please. that, I I found a, a video online of a guy. T- he took his push mower and he took a grinder or a cutting wheel and hacks hacked out the front like third of his push mower and uh-huh. it turns it into like a brush mower because it just kicks all the material out the front of it oh yeah hell and yeah. he just oh, took oh, the front wheels off oh, and it dang. uses that as like a brush cutter <laughs> so that's funny um, that's working class right yeah, there. Is. that's um Holy that's God. white trash is what redneck ingenuity <laughs> but i love it well you you know it's funny that you say you know you got that little 650 john deere and that's i'm telling you that's what we have used on our property for this year. Just this year, I just bought a new Kubota and uh, with a bucket. And, uh, you know, we use that John's Deere 650 for all of our plots because it's such a, it's, it's a small tractor. You can get into some tight spots with it. We, you know, we've got a really nice woods tiller with it and, um, you know, a, a brush hog and, and that, that little tractor, we have put out some food plots like you can't even believe with that little thing, and that's good it just to hear. Works like a champ, so. it's a perfect little size. Well, I yeah, yep. it's it is a little seventeen horse Yanmar. I bought a yep. Um, what the hell is it? I bought a King Cutter XB tiller from like Farm and Fleet for like fourteen hundred bucks, and yep. then I'm gonna get the XB brush cutter for the little forty eight inch. But I always want. It seems like mm-hmm. such a small tractor. I'm like, man, is this thing gonna have enough ass to like till the dirt and and mow yep. what I want to mow with it. Um, so it's good to hear that you've been using one because you, yeah. you doubt it. It's a small tractor, you know? It is. It's a small tractor, but, yeah, it's it's definitely got enough, enough, you know, power. I mean, they're, they're – uh, or ass, as you put it. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just it's and again, you can't – you know, you have to know its limitations, whatever. But, I mean, you know, to, to, to run a 48-inch – uh, tiller and it's not you don't have to till super deep either you know you uh you know you can do minimal tilling you just enough to you know break it up and maybe you know uh, tear up some of that side or that right. you know that side base and and you know uh let the rest you know you can you can see broadcast into that and call the packet and away you go so well now now let's kind of get into like the the product specifically what you offer because a lot of guys have four wheelers mm-hmm. a lot of guys have side by sides or little tractors like what i have mm-hmm. um right what are the different options i mean do you offer something for each type of mm-hmm. like tool or, or kind of do the breakdown for us yeah so so we have we have five different models and so um our our standard model has a tubular you know steel tubular frame uh they all have a, a cleaner bar or a scraper bar to help, you know, knock the, you know, if you get, let's face it, we all plant food plots when we can, not necessarily when it's perfect timing. So, you know, if the soil's too wet, you know, you can get that build up on the on the call to packer. So we have a, a cleaner bar that actually goes in between the grooves and, and clean, you know, keeps the, the build up off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so all of our models have that, uh, but we have the standard unit, which is the, the kind of the, the budget, we'll call it the budget model, uh, the entry level. And then we have the, the um, 
Gamekeeper Series, the, stand, the, the, the heavy-duty model, um, and that is a 3-8-inch steel frame. That's probably our, our – it is, without question, our, our most popular unit because you can pull it with a, you know, with a side-by-side, a quad runner, small tractor like the John, you know, John Deere will pull that thing like, you know, like it's his job. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, in any, any quad over 300 cc's, uh, just does great with these things. And then we also have a three point hitch model, uh, a four foot three point hitch and an eight foot three point hitch. And then we also have an eight foot pull behind model. Oh, so, awesome. Jeez. You got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So the, the like the eight foot model pull behind, would be for like a you know like a Ranger or a, or a Kawasaki you know FTX Pro, it's mm-hmm. a little bit bigger side by side, um, and then the eight foot uh, three point hitch model would be for like a you know like a forty horse fifty horse tractor or bigger. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So we so got literally something for, for everybody. Yeah, I, I like that because you never know like what working class you're going to get. You might get a an Eric going out with a push mower and needs just something simple like behind a little quad. Which yep. is cool. Like I, I like that you broke that down. Like you old know, school three wheeler. Yeah, yeah, three wheeler. <laughs> hey, my push mower is self propelled. I can pull one of them things. <laughs> yeah, hook it up behind your push mower. Yeah, it's like man, that guy's an idiot. You're riding on the cultipacker. <laughs> get, get a horse out there. Right. Well, when you guys uh, mentioned the you know the, the zero turn, and I've actually had guys pulling the standard model with their zero turn. Oh really? So, I mean, yeah, mine was... would do it. My uh, my zero turn's got more horsepower technically than my John Deere. Really? Does yeah. it? Yeah, it's yeah, like a so, twenty-five horse zero turn. It hauls ass. Yeah, so it, yeah, have no problem pulling that. Um, but I got that Yanmar seventeen horse oh, diesel. Yeah, you got to use the, the diesel. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, I have a Ranger, and I that's what I pulled the the old school hand homemade Coltapacker with years ago. Um, and it right. did, did fine. And I know that was probably way too heavy. Um, than it, it's probably way heavier than it needed to be. It was a big. Yeah. piece of equipment cast iron yeah it was yeah, that's, old that's one thing too is a lot of guys you know they want to they want oh they gotta have you know the more weight the better well that's not necessarily the case because you know you don't want to turn the soil into concrete you want to you know you want a firm seed bed you don't want you know you don't want concrete so yeah uh, heavier isn't always better so what are um, your suggestions on that like do you fill it all the way up with water halfway i would say probably 90 percent of the soil in the country um you know water is completely fine and you would fill it up full the hd weighs 400 pounds um you know but if you've got a sandy bay soil you know you don't necessarily have to run it full you know full um but i would say most of, most of the time you know you'd fill it up and and, and go to town so very cool awesome, um, awesome. but yeah the, the, the three i think the the uh, standard model with the steel or with the tubular frame, I think is 360 um, full. And then when that one's empty, it's 65 pounds. I mean, you can pick it up and, and carry it yourself, you know, just throw right. the, throw the, you know, throw the frame over your shoulder and stand up and, you know, you can carry it. I mean, I, even the HD, it's a hundred pounds empty. See, that's um, good to know because I, in my head on a budget, like I don't have a dual axle flatbed trailer like a lot of these guys do. I'm sure I could find right. one for cheap, but after I buy my mower and after I bought all this other yeah. stuff, it's I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, damn it. But I already have a, a trailer for my Ranger, so that's good to know that I could pick that thing up and throw it in my truck bed right? Yep. and just know i got to yeah. get, get to a place to fill it up, and then I'm good. So I don't have to take up yeah. trailer space with another implement 
um, yep. when I got my tiller and my mower crammed on a trailer. Yeah, definitely. They they hold about 38 gallons of water roughly, and um, even some guys get pretty creative in how they you know how they transport the water if they don't <laughs> have a water source at their property. They some guys will you know they literally you know if you have a pond or a creek. You know, you can back it right into the pond or the creek. You pull the plug, you stand on it, fill it up. You know, <laughs> right? That's awesome. One, uh, one time, my dad and I used to lease uh, this place in uh, Warren County, Illinois. We uh, actually, I think one of your guys now leases it. That's what, remember that we were talking about that yeah. at the show. Yeah, James, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of our one of our guys leases that property. You know, I think right. two of them do, don't they? They were talking about it. They're showing you the map. Yep. Yeah, I think they leased it together. Um, yep. I, I, it's been a while, and we drink a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, hey! Sorry, trying to calm myself out. <laughs> um, but there's a creek that runs through the north end of that property, and what we did, uh, my dad and I, we took basically just like a, just a, a water pump and threw it down in the creek. This is how we filled like our tank to spray. And yep. we just had a hose that filled up the tank in the back of my Ranger from the creek with a pump. Yep. And yeah, and guys will do that too. Or they'll they'll bring in a. Uh, you ever see those polymer, you know, like those black polymer tanks or uh, yeah, yep. fifty five gallon jugs? They'll they'll put one of those in the back of their truck, strap it in, and they'll fill it with water. And they put they put a little nozzle at the bottom of it with a hose, and then they just gravity feed it right into the you know with gravity feed it right into the back of their or into the Packer Max drum. So. I like it. Yeah, we uh, the yeah. first year we did that before we thought of the like the water pump thing, mm-hmm. we were like, oh, shit, how do we refill this thing? <laughs> we went to the You're neighbors, right. and we were like knocking on doors, like, hey, can we use your water spigot? Yeah. Right. Yep. We may or may yep. not have used somebody's when they weren't home. I don't know. That's, <laughs> it's just a rumor that was going around. Yeah. Not that we right. did. Well, it was there. <laughs> right. Well, that's the other thing, too, is a lot of guys, you know, I don't know people are using uh watering holes like crazy right now that's you know becoming really popular is, is, is watering holes and so they'll put these you know these uh tsc drums down in the ground and bury them well they you know you can put make it so that you can pull up with your quad runner with a packer max and and you just pull right up next to the to the uh watering hole you pull the plug and fill your watering hole and wow. there you go I, okay, that so, you kind of already got to one of my next questions is mm-hmm. that's that's a really creative way to do that. I haven't done the yeah. watering hole thing, but I I've thought about it a lot to be honest. I have too. Um, do what, it, do it, do it. It they makes that big great. a difference, huh? They were great. It's crazy. And if you um, banks wild water, if you put it's it's like a uh, electrolyte. It's like Gatorade for deer. Um, you put that in that in that tank, and they just they just annihilate it all summer, and you get great pictures. No kidding! Like, so, you, yeah. are you doing this in the timber, or where, where's like the best place that you found to put them? So, even like so on our property, we have we have I mean we have a pond, we have you know we have uh, different you know swamp that's wet probably two thirds of the year, and the deer still use our watering holes because we put them on like I one of them in particular I can think of is right on a on a main kind of a, a ridge and that leads right down it dumps right into one of my food plots. And so they're you know, from their bedding they, they just follow that ridge down right to that watering source or watering hole. They they hit that religiously on their way to the food plot. And so I have, you know, they get the old cell cams and so 
I get a, I get, I get an alert on my, you know, a text when the deer are coming. So no kidding. when I'm out, yeah, when I'm hunting my food plot, they stop the water hole and I'm like, oh shit, we got deer on the way. Would that be considered baiting <laughs> the water? Yeah. No, it's um, water. It's water. Um, a food plot be bait then. Well, right. There's a lot of debate on that too. Water saturated. Hey, we don't need to get into that tonight. That's not what we're about. <laughs> right. 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 So, but yeah, I think you know, uh, and, and I know for a fact, just water isn't. But you know, by adding the, the wild water to it, I I don't see why it would be. It's just a, an electrolyte. So. See, I'm the only Illinois boy right now in the studio, so I'd probably have to mm-hmm. check on that because Illinois sucks when it comes to that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, they're they're pretty tough too, and we we uh, we lease uh, right in Hancock County, and uh, we're right on the Mississippi River, and uh, yeah, they're they're sticklers. Yep, yeah, you gotta love it, right? No supplemental feed, no mineral, no nothing. So our trail no, cam pictures, my trail cam pictures compared to Doug and Eric's in Iowa is they're very bland. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, I just don't start seeing. I mean, I get some good ones in yeah. the summer and stuff, but not in the. Mm-hmm. Uh, you on know, top of a pile I get, of big time. I get two pictures of a buck moving naturally, and then Doug and Eric get a hundred pictures yeah. of, you know, like the same buck <laughs> eating right. on a pile of big time with, a group of with cherry rush powder all over his lips. Look at his lips. <laughs> Just looking pathetic, you know? Comes up with a freaking big old red nose. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know? Just staring like a, like a giant he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you got a good measure on that deer. And meanwhile, I'm guessing just hoping to get another natural moving picture. You get a blurry picture. <laughs> yeah, I got a blurry, a blurry picture truck. of his ass. He looks big. <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to catch Bigfoot on camera. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's why most of the pictures of Bigfoot were taken in non-bait states. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so stupid. Bigfoot ain't eating no corn. No. No. But so uh, what I was going to get to, what's the most creative way you've seen people use the Packer Max? Um, you know, probably the, probably the water hole filling, you know, and then, and then and like you said about your sprayer tank, you know, you, a lot of guys will, will fill it with water and take it back to some remote locations where they have to, you know, fill a, a backpack sprayer or, you know, something like that where they need a water source for their glyphosate. Yeah. Um, and then, and again, there's, there's, there's pump options available. Like there's a, um, I saw it on, on Instagram. There's a, uh, it attaches to your cordless drill. Yep. And, oh, what? You know, you just put a yeah, you put a hose on each end and pump it right out of the, you know, out of the Packer Max and into your into your backpack sprayer and and away you go. So, damn, I like cordless that. drill. I was hoping you there was some crazy story you had with a Packer Max that like nobody <laughs> would have thought about. Um, I will tell you, I was showing my <laughs> wife photos of it the other night, and she's like, "Oh, uh-huh. that'd be great for the yard to get like a lot of the bumps and stuff out of the yard." Oh yeah. Yeah, it it works really good on uh, on uh, moles. Yeah, and yeah. I got a major problem. Not that I'm like a yard connoisseur. Like I just kind of like <laughs> I mow it as short as I can in hopes that it doesn't grow back. Um, I'm total opposite. I got to have my yard looking nice. You do? Oh, oh yeah. You're man. Mr. Roundup Everything guy, though. That's just around the edges. Oh, because <laughs> I, I don't weed eat. Eric's got that golf course over there. I do. Oh, me buzz it down to the dirt. Let's oh, go. Man. But I do have some. Oh, I'm same way. It's bumpy because I have like a. I'm not in a residential area, and right. my yard gets tore up by critters. Yeah, we, we just tore out. Um, I had the garden that was in my yard before. It could feed like 14 Amish communities. Um, <laughs> so we tore that out. 
And I wish I would have had this Colter Packer a few weeks ago. So we tear it out. Uh, my buddy Gino brings this box plate over. We get everything smoothed out. And then I broadcast uh, grass seed, and I'm like, hell yeah, it's going to grow good. I even I even took the time to water it. You got to water you it every what? day? You got to water it every day? Can, can you believe that? <laughs> no, not me. Once. You get one watering. <laughs> Figure it out. Your grass seed just become grass. You know what I mean? Right. Um, just so you know, two-week update, no grass has grown. I still got a big old blank space of dirt. So um, Yeah, if you'd have had the Packer match, man, you'd be you'd be just you'd be golden. It'd look like you'd be four feet course, tall you know? by now. My wife would think yeah. I was so much more of a man if I would have had your implement then. Right. <laughs> well what's what's funny is we're having a new house built right now. We just sold our lake house and we're having a house built and we're taught my wife's like talking about landscape design and I'm like, shit, can we get AstroTurf put down? Yeah. Like I mean, like, who? Why wouldn't you have a yard with artificial grass? It'd be great. What would be the trade-off in cost to have astroturf per, put down? <laughs> because I'm about three mows away from saying <laughs> fuck it and spending like ten grand on a Ferris mower with all the shit on it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, it would be. It would just makes perfect sense to me. I mean, why wouldn't you? So, I mean, it's they do it on football fields. Why the hell can't I have a yard with astroturf? That's right. right. I don't It'll know. Be like Arizona where they don't have grass, you just put a bunch of rock in there. <laughs> hey, I'd be all right with that actually. Just yeah, painting green. Up is my friend. Yeah, painting green. <laughs> I honestly think about that like every time I mow cuz here's the thing, I haven't bought a good mower, right? Like I buy a $500 zero turn. That's a great zero turn. It's it's a hog, but I got to jump it every time I want to get on it. It's always got these little quirks that only I know, so not yeah. no one else can use my mower. You got to bounce up and down the seat eight times. Right. Slap it twice. But <laughs> it's got right, a good drift right. on it, and I can if the grass is a little bit wet, if I mow early or late, I can Tokyo drift my whole yard and get a lot of shit done. <laughs> right on. So, it's all, so you know, it's all you mentioned the garden, too. Like, uh, these things are awesome. For I have a lot of uh, uh, hobby farmers or gardeners using them, too, because – like if you if you you know you've got a, a, a your your tilled up area for your garden if you just run this thing back and forth and get your rows set yeah you just push your beat you know I mean you got perfectly straight bean you know bean lines plus you're getting that seed down in that groove you just push it down into that groove so they're they're perfectly straight lines you know yeah and never thought they about look, that. the, the freaking gardens look awesome when they when they're planted with packer max it really does it looks cool yeah i planted onions a couple oh. weeks ago they're finally starting to come up look like i was hammered when i put them in <laughs> <laughs> were you <laughs> maybe <laughs> from everything i've heard and seen them you may have been there <laughs> <laughs> maybe Hey, listen, we're not going to act better than we are. Right. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. It is what it is. Basically, what you're saying is, like, you get a Packer Max, your wife automatically thinks you're so much more of a man yeah. over time. I mean, straight up. Yep. 100%. <laughs> if you're so out stupid. there working in the dirt, man, you know, sweating, and she's going to be all over you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. An aphrodisiac, you know. <laughs> if you ever use anything from this podcast for a quote for your business, can it be that? <laughs> Yep, absolutely. <laughs> put yeah. that put that in the guarantee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Dude, that's cool, man. I imagine you meet a lot of guys that are heavy, heavy into land management and know like you know, like Greg and Mark Jury are two of examples. But you yeah. probably just meet a bunch of guys that are um, no. I don't want to say no names as disrespect, but no names as far as like popularity is concerned. But just some guys who are killing giants every year kind of under the radar that just don't want to be known. Food plot nuts. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, I mean, every day and, and not just from, you know, not just local guys from around Michigan, but I mean, all over the country, you know, these, it, and that, that is cool to me because I, I'm picking up information from guys all over the place. Um, you know, we had, we had a, a, a shipment last week that went out. We had one go to Spokane, Washington, one go to Flagstaff, Arizona, one go to Pensacola, Florida, Damn. one go to upper state, you know, upper state Maine, and then one go to Minnesota. So, I mean, literally we had Packermax is going all over the country. Awesome. Wow. And, uh, I didn't expect that so, variety, like Florida. I mean, Washington. Mm-hmm. I'm an idiot, though, again. But that's cool. <laughs> I, I would just think, I mean, what is the primary, like, demographic of your business? Probably Midwest-based, right, though, for the, for the norm? Yeah. Um, I mean, and again, probably – um, you know, we do send them to, to Washington state and, you know, we send them to, uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, you know, Wyoming, all, but yeah, the upper Midwest, uh, Texas, we sell a lot of them in Texas, Georgia, um, North Carolina. I, I guess I didn't really realize there's that many hunters in North Carolina, but, uh, we send a lot of them to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, Interesting. You know, and I'd say probably the number one state that we ship to is, is probably Wisconsin. Really? Do you think that's because of the density of hunters there or? I think so. And I think, I think, um, I just think there's a lot of land managers there that, you know, herd managers that are, they're trying to grow big whitetails and, you know, with that comes putting in food plots and sometimes they have big equipment. Sometimes they don't. And even like Gussinger, even though he's got big equipment, you know, he wants one to do some of their micro plots and, right. you know, um, and, uh, you know, it, it's been, it's been awesome for me because, you know, like the juries, for instance, I always go back to the juries because I've been watching those guys for 25 years. Yeah. Uh, my, my kids have literally, you know, grown up crushing on Taylor, um, <laughs> you know, and then my son was with us at the, at the Iowa, you know, the Iowa, show yeah and taylor walks up to you guys' booth and my you know he's like hey dad 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 you know he's like there's taylor like he's you know i mean he's been watching you know her since you know she could shoot a freaking bow you know <laughs> how so, old's your son that has the crush on taylor yeah 26 he's married so i probably shouldn't say that too oh, well, hey, hey. <laughs> listen you're everyone's you're allowed to have a celebrity crush yeah, you right. can't get well, him a crush yeah. back then Exactly. So, you know, so it's been awesome for me. Um, and you know, we had, we had, uh, you know, Sean Lundy was in the, you know, I I talked to him almost probably at least weekly. Um, you know, I've been watching a guy on TV and next thing you know, we're talking and, you know, he's using my product and he's just loving it. He's, you know, splashing it all over Instagram. That's awesome. Um, you know, and, and, um, guys from major league bow hunters have reached out and it's pretty cool because these, these, these people are contacting me um, for the most part. And, uh, you know, that, that, again, that says a lot about my product. And, and you know, these people are contacting me uh, to, to, to use it, not necessarily to bid, land a big endorsement deal, but to, to use my product. So, because they need it. Um, right, exactly. Because it's, it's a need. And it's like Sean Lundy, when, when he found it, and you know, and I ended up getting one in his hands, and he's like, "This is, this is the missing link to my food plot program." <laughs> you know, yeah. and you can't find call the Packers anywhere because you know they're just 
and, and if you do find an old rusted out cast iron one, you need to put 500 bucks in the bearings and discs and everything else. You got to figure out how to move it. Yeah. And you, yeah, exactly. Like you said about your trailer, you know, you, I mean, pull it up on your trailer and your tires are flat and you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, Fucker weighs a JD 650 already <laughs> pushed her to her limit. <laughs> Doing a wheelie trying to pull that thing. Yeah. 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 Holy smokes. Yeah. All right. So, you know, so it's, it's been cool. And, and, and again, it's, it, I just, I, you know, I mean, I'm all about this. I, I love it. It's, um, talking to people about deer hunting and big deer all day, every day is, is a lot of fun. And, yeah. I sell real estate too. I sell hunting properties and, uh, God damn, you, you know, do everything, so, don't you? Yeah. So it's that, you know, and that's, a, that's another thing that, you know, the real estate market has been insane. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's been a lot of fun too. And you get to all go out and walk these different properties and, you know, we're even starting to trying to get into, you know, starting to buy a couple of properties and, and doing some food plots and putting up some blinds and, yeah. and, you know, and flipping them. And, um, you know, so, um, very cool this whole this whole industry has been it's been fun and um you know it's been a lifelong dream of mine to to be a business owner i've i've, I've made a lot of people a lot of money in my career and now i'm making myself you know an establishing a a very good business with a with an awesome product so that's what it's all about so man yeah pretty cool and i'll tell you from cool. meeting you and just meeting you the one time in person at you mm-hmm. know at the iowa show and talking to you here and kind of just emailing back and forth with you you can tell you're a guy that's passionate about what you do and you care about it. And that goes yep. a long way with people that are yep. going to put their hard earned money towards the product. So I would think yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, well, you can just tell, you know, like if you're, mm-hmm. if you weren't that into it, I mean, yeah, like here it is. And it's what it's do. So. Right. Yeah. And, and, and or not. not everybody's good at podcasting. Some people have like a better knack for just chit chatting, but mm-hmm. you're great yep. at podcasting. Like this is just like a natural thing for you. So you kind of have well, thank you. the, the good product, the knowledge behind it and the gift of gab to back it up and kind of yep. to go with the flow with it. Um, right. so no, man, I, I'd like to have you on. I'm already got the, the wheels turning a little bit here. So we did a mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, I don't know. Was it last, late last winter, boys, when we had uh, Chris Smith from Michigan on talk about Michigan hunting? Yes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we have a thing called Team Team WCB. So we have like a group of, oh, it might be 35 people that we've kind of handpicked and they all applied. And, mm-hmm. and their friends right. are people that kind of represent our podcast throughout the country. And we can rely on them to come on and talk about their area and stuff like that. And more and more, like we're rolling into using the team for different things as we as we grow. Um, yeah, yeah. One of our guys and good friends, Chris Smith, he's from Michigan. He actually, he sells uh, property too mm-hmm. in Michigan. But I think he's okay. more. I, I believe he's Southern Michigan. I don't know where he's at. I okay. can't remember. They're but probably enemies. He he was. <laughs> you guys might be enemies. I don't know. Um, I think I think he uh, isn't he sell for Whitetail Properties. Uh, Michigan Whitetail Properties isn't that different from Whitetail Properties, or is it yeah, the same? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's he's it sells for Michigan Whitetail Properties, and I sell for uh, United Country Real Estate, which is a real tree franchise. So, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I actually probably know him. Okay, well, uh, Chris, Chris is a really awesome guy, and yeah, but he's very um, he's a man of few words, um, mm-hmm. but he he's <laughs> kind of like a no no bullshit type of guy, you know. Uh, yeah. He pretty much, without saying it, I hate Michigan hunting. And 
we have a lot of listeners in Michigan that piss a lot of Michigan yep. people off. I'm just like, hey, that's all on him. Like, I, I don't, I've never hunted Michigan. I don't know. That's what he said. Uh, they they so, had the pitchforks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't come here to hunt. If you want to kill big deer, don't come here. <laughs> yeah, right. So what I'd like to do, maybe if we ever revisit the Go Michigan Ohio. topic, is have you on to get your perspective. Like, you're also in real estate. You yep. own a, like a an implement company, if you will, and. So yep. your perspective might be different because if we do a redo and then it's the same outcome, I think mm-hmm. Michigan listeners are just going to shut us out. Um, right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, it's, 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 uh, it's a whole different, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's a whole different ball game here in Michigan. You, you, we have such high hunter density and it's like a competition every time you go out into the woods to try to, you know, see, the you know uh, get 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 the upper hand on the next guy because there's you know there's just so many hunters i yeah. mean we have we have more hunters per square mile than many states do have deer per square mile and Damn. you know it's yeah it's 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 crazy we kill the most we kill the most uh deer i think out of any state in the country with the exception of wisconsin i believe Really? So, Damn. you know, I mean, or we're right up there in the top three for sure. And, you know, it's a, it's hard. I mean, trying to get a deer to three years old in Michigan is, is, you know, kind of the equivalent of trying to pull a tooth out of a pissed off grizzly bear. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, well, it, it explains, explains Chris's frustration with it, you know, so it's, it, it uh, is, it is. And no matter what you do, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we, we try to make, we, we actually go into like protection mode. Like we're trying to protect all these bucks from being killed. And we got, you know, we've got people surrounding us, you know, that are just waiting for that spike horn to jump the fence so they can <laughs> plow it. And, you know, it's like, it's like, shit, what, what do we got to do here to get a deer to three years old? So right. yeah, uh, it's just challenging. And then, you know, and thus I, you know, I've, I've got, you know, we have 160 acres that is my dad has owned for, you know, for uh, 40 years. I've got my blood, sweat, and tears into that property. I love that property. And, you know, it's been great for our family, uh, you know, to, to, I think it was last muzzleloading season. We had four generations there muzzleloading hunting, you know, um, you know, awesome. myself, my dad, my boys, and, you know, my grandchildren. So um, it was freaking awesome <laughs> you know and we we saw maybe five deer collectively the whole weekend it's like you know who gives a shit at this point you know <laughs> you know it's, it's yeah. some sometimes we put so much emphasis on you know on the big deer but yeah. at the same time it's what drives us you know so right. and if you if you if somebody tells you you know, it's just as fun shooting a spike horn as is a twelve point. They're full of crap. I mean, <laughs> I think that the Michigan podcast you with know, you will not please our Michigan listeners. Well, let me. There's a small think, sliver of them that got upset. Everybody else is kind of like, yeah, Chris is right. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think I think that's what you're going to find. I think you're going to find that everybody here struggles with the same uh, the same issues, and I think a lot of people want to have bigger deer here, but they it's like they can't, and so yeah. Uh, er, Everything you, everything you know, even our Department of Natural Resources, it's like everything they do uh, is the opposite of what they should do. It seems. Right. You know, and uh, and so in you know, so that that with that said, I've I've resorted to you know the, this past season, I shot bucks in three different states. I killed a nice Michigan deer. I shot one in uh, in uh, Illinois. I shot a 
a 12 point in Illinois. That was, you know, and I'm not a Glossinger by any stretch, obviously. I, uh, you know, I shot a 146 12 that he would have laughed and, and, you know, slapped it on the ass and sent it on its way. Um, but I'm yeah, Greg's you, on another level. Right. A 146 is not going to walk by me without bleeding. I mean, it's just. <laughs> it's, dude, I so, can't let him go either. You're done, son. Right. You know, and so, you know, and I shot a, a really, a really nice buck in Ohio too. And then, the last three years, I've gone to Saskatchewan, which is a whole nother level of cool. Oh, I can uh, only imagine. Uh, I've shot, you know, I've shot three bucks in Saskatchewan. Uh, the smallest one was 158 inches, and it weighed 265 pounds. Man, those things are, that's like a different world up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The biggest one was, was uh, as far as body-wise, it was a 150, and it weighed uh, 300 pounds field dress right on the butt. Jeez. Field dressed. So yeah, white tail, so so white tail over there. Three hundred forty-five pounds live weight, three fifty maybe. Oh yeah, probably three fifty. I mean, it, it's insane. This deer is. I'm standing next to it. I'm not a huge guy, but I'm not a small guy either. And uh, <laughs> I look like. I mean, it dwarfs me. I mean, the hind quarters on this deer are just enormous. What do you have it full mounted or what? No, I just I just got a shoulder mount, but it, you can tell. I mean, just any of my Michigan deer. They're all in my shop here, in, you know, in the in the Plexi Case shop here, yeah. or Packermax shop. And um, I mean, you can you can instantly look at the Saskatchewan box and you look at the Michigan box, and it's just not even the same. <laughs> you know, it's it's so, funny you mention that because uh, my dad shot a buck that we we call it the Geyer buck, um, mm-hmm. and it's just a mainframe. It's a 191 inch mainframe eight pointer with some with some like just junk on it, but the mm-hmm. mount on that thing, the buck was insanely large but the mount on it is probably one and a half times every other shoulder mount i have in the house uh, right. it, i think it was probably like a close to 300 dress type type deer um, crazy big yeah just insane just yeah. a, abnormal for illinois even yeah you know? right. it's Godzilla right. out there. so it, it's yeah. I, I tell people how big that mount is um i had uh keaton minnick from uh Minix, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. I feel bad. It's a uh, Cedar mm. Redworks. Um, it makes pedestals. Yep. Um, mm. I, I was like, hey man, I need like a really wide base pedestal for this mount. It's huge. And right. then I ended up sending him pictures of it. He's like, holy smokes, that thing is huge. I didn't expect it to be that big. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a hog. <laughs> it's like a little elk. Yeah. Yeah, they had that. They had to add a bunch of clay to the form on on my buck because they had to build it up around the neck and stuff because they're just you know the form just wasn't they didn't they didn't make one big enough I mean and then the other thing is these things have crazy mass up there like I have I don't know like it's a mainframe eight point and uh, you know with a, with a couple of stickers and you know it has like thirty eight inches of mass measurement. <laughs> Does that have a chocolate rack you know? too? Oh yeah, all three of them. Are. I shot, I shot three up there. So and cool. All chocolate racks. It's so cool. What causes that? Is I heard it's like the sap that they rub on. You know, I, I there's a lot of different theories, and there was actually an article recently on it. For, I mean, somebody was asking some questions about it, but it was, yeah, I think it comes down to, uh, you know, what they what they rub on. If these, you know, these deer are rubbing on, you know, pine trees and shit up there, and and you know the the dirt and then debris stick to it you know i guess a little heavy on the so, set that's right damn <laughs> aunt jemima got canceled didn't she but not in saskatchewan <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> he, like, right. he like pancakes <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little syrup on there and throw some chaws 
from Cole Cole. I'm surprised they don't have uh, bigger good. forms for Sketch one like it's, can, it's can such a beer. niche area. They probably right. just expect your taxidermist to be good at it, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy up there, and it's it's just like a whole other world too. Like, you know, I've hunted up there three years now, and I I've never even heard another gunshot. Oh, really? You know, I mean, yeah. There's so put it in perspective. In Saskatchewan, the entire Providence, which is a huge Providence, only has a million people. Michigan has six hundred fifty thousand deer hunters. Oh shit! So yeah, so fraction right. that off of a million people. What what's there? Right, and then and then two hundred fifty thousand of that million are in in one city in Saskatoon. So the whole rest of Providence only has three hundred dollars, uh, three quarters of a million people, which is almost as many deer hunters as we have. <laughs> That's crazy <laughs> to think about. Well, that that also adds in you know less pressure, and the, yep. just the deer just get older. Right. I wonder yep. how many deer just yep. die of old age up there. Oh, I'm I'm sure it's it's a crazy number. We saw we saw one uh, the year before last. I shot a a six and a half year old uh, the last because I couldn't get in last year because of the COVID bullshit. Then um, the year before that, I shot a six and a half year old. Um, you know, thirteen point. Uh, I think it was one forty eight. You know, so it's, again, it's not a huge enormous rack, but it's a you know just a giant deer, two hundred seventy five pounds. And uh, I shot that deer on Tuesday, and so I had the rest of the week to kind of screw around. And so we were out glassing fields because it's a it's a blend of of uh, you know wheat fields and canola fields up there. Uh, and I know when you say Saskatchewan, everybody thinks of the bush, but um, you know there's a whole blend of, of of area. So we were glassing this field, and this box steps out that I, this deer was 190 plus. It was, you know, just a giant freaking buck. And it was, I would say it was probably 350 pounds plus. And <laughs> I mean, just, a, just a, a bohemoth. And, you know, we were just blown away. And even the outfitters, like, you know, I've, you just, you just don't see deer like that, you know, and it's just big chocolate, heavy ass rack, you know, it's like, God, that's so amazing. it's just a whole other world. So I just I love going there, and I'll keep, I'll keep going back. So you're making me want to look at hunts in Saskatchewan because right now we we've talked about this in the past on fairly recent past episodes how we're kind mm-hmm. of in exploration mode right now in our hunting where yeah. um, we're we're adults we're on our own we're making money or <laughs> or we're getting opportunity through the podcast to like try different yep. type of hunts different species and yep. we're kind of in that mode and we talked about you know right now. A whitetail outside of Iowa or Illinois is not really on our radar, but if it was, mm-hmm. that that's one of the spots. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm telling you, it it like I said, I I went one time, and you know I'll I'm gonna go back as you know every year that I can from here on out. I mean it's it's uh it's it's just like nothing I've ever experienced, and you know I'll give it I'll give my outfitter a shout out. You know his name is Chris Cook. He's with Cook's Outfitting. Uh, they're they're uh, a couple hours east northeast of uh of saskatoon so you fly into saskatoon you drive a couple hours to his camp and and uh it's not if you're about you know the great big lodge you know yeah and you need to be wine and dying that's not that's you know it's not where he is he's in the you know nice comfortable little farmhouse you got clean, you know you got showers you got good food uh you know but you're in the stand almost all day, well you're in the stand all day until you shoot out, you know, so, I mean, 
uh, from sun up to sundown. So you basically, you know, you're you're only eating there and sleeping there, and that's about it. Perfect. Yeah, like my kind of place. You know, and it's, yeah, yeah. He's he's two thousand dollars less than than any in you know than any other hunt with a big fancy lodge. And so I, I yeah, yeah, talk about working working class. I mean, that's you know that's about that's where mm-hmm. I'm at. I'm you know I'm I'm in the I'm in the the, the normal working class guys uh, you know lodge not a you yeah. know not a giant log cabin. So yeah, I but. I think that's good because that shows there's more focus on being making sure you're successful in any way they can than uh, money mm-hmm. on their lodge and making sure you had. Uh, I mean, good right. food's always good in hunting camp, but I'd rather yep. have people worry about more on the hunt and then just make sure I'm not hungry. If I'm coming out right. there and don't have yeah. all my shit. And I got a bed to sleep in. Yeah, well, you, that, I'm good. Right. Even them smaller camps have the best, like, down-home Oh, grub. yeah, for sure. Well, two in, I like, so I've only done, I've done two outfitted hunts. Uh, mm-hmm. One in Oregon. I went out with Loophole, which was great. The camp was great. The people were great. But it was, uh, yep. it was a nice place that we stayed and good food. And then in Wyoming, mm-hmm. we went out for Bear last spring, and we're going again in another couple weeks. And it's canvas wall tents and horseback and stuff, but right. I like and prairie storm. Yeah, oh yeah, we did <laughs> prairie storm. Our guys in Kansas for turkeys. Um, nice. But what I liked about Wyoming, it's like you get adventure because you're in like canvas wall tents. You're 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 stoking your own fire in the tent, and then you're horseback. Yeah. But when you do eat, it's kind of like the community, and you get to know everyone a little better. It mm-hmm. feels like because I don't know, it, maybe yeah. not. Maybe if we were in a mansion, maybe it'd be the same. But it just felt better that we were in like. I think it's like the old school feel of like. Oh, back to yep. your roots. You're doing yeah. it. How, yeah. yeah. You feel like you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way this camp is for sure. I mean, it's, and, and again, it's, you know, it's, it's warm, it's clean, it's comfortable, but you know, you uh, and, and it's, it's more about the hunt and Chris, you know, that guy is, he is, he is salt of the earth dude. And he's going to go out of his way to make sure that you have, you know, the best hunt possible. He's going to do his best to get a, you know, a shooter in front of you and kind of the rest is up to you, you know, but you're, you're sitting you know, set up to sundown, um, and and again, I've never even heard another gunshot, let alone seen another hunter up there. I mean, it's <laughs> right. it's crazy. So, well, when we're cool. ready to jump down the Saskatchewan Whitetail Trail, man, I'll uh, I'll definitely look him up because yeah, I'd love to sure. do that someday. I'm uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in just a monster. Like it's crazy. Someday. You never know yeah. what's yeah. out of the bush either. You know, it's and uh, you yeah. know, like I said. If I was, if I was, I'm not the guy that's going to pass 150 inch deer trying to get to 170 inch deer. I'm not there yet, but, um, you know, I know, I know there's bigger deer than the ones I've shot, but you know, I mean, shit, the ones I've shot are to me, Damn uh, good deer. enormous. Right. Yeah, so, for sure. You know. Well, man, I'm in the, I've kind of had a change of that. I would say a big change in thought, but kind of like a, so my dad just passed away. So I've I've been kind of going oh, through sorry, like man. a weird. Yeah, I've been going through like a weird thing in my head where it's like nothing's guaranteed. Like you know, I'm gonna save up right. for this 401k to die early and then never be able to touch it. Like mm-hmm. I'm just dumping money yep. in a place I can never enjoy it. So yep. like in my head, I'm I'm trying to do as many hunts as I can over the the youth years of my life um, yep. and live it up the way I can. So maybe that Saskatchewan whitetail hunt sooner than I think. You know. Um, yeah. and I don't care. I don't have no prejudice against an outfitter or public land. Like no. I just want to do it. Right? Do you think? Right. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you can save it's, it's probably going to cost you, you know, 4,500 bucks. Um, you know, by the time it's said and done, which isn't a lot of money for a hunt. I don't oh, think that no, is not, not bad at all. You know, and I'm talking, you know, I'm talking, 
you know, the hunt, the tag, uh, you know, all the, obviously the foods included, you might have to, you know, add your plane ticket on top of that and then a rental car. But I mean, it's, 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 it's very affordable. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's a hunt that I can do every year and not have to worry about explaining to my wife, you know, where, <laughs> where, you know, yeah. where, where's all this cash? Well, you know, here, honey, you can go on a cruise next year, you know? Right, right. <laughs> you know, and it's, so, it's funny you say that because one of the guys I grew up hunting with, his name is Jim Burns, and I have yet to have him on the podcast, but he be, he's done every type of hunt. And I told him, like, I wanted to buy a bunch of ground. Like, that's like the dream. He's like, dude, hunt where you can at home and do one good trip a year and get, like, all yeah. your, like, it, you know, I, I'm air quoting exotic experiences like through that. Like, there's almost yep. just as much value as that than owning your own ground for to just hunt whitetails, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, yeah. There's, there's a lot to be said for it for sure. You know, and and again, I, you know, we we put a lot of time and energy into our property here in Michigan, and we do the best we can. But, um, you know, it, and it's still fun. We have a great time, and uh, you know, it, it, again, it's not always all about the big deer, but I mean, that, that definitely is the icing on the cake, but, uh, um, you know, I think, I think you're right on, right on target there. You know, you can, you can, you can spend a lot of your, your treasure on, you know, on frivolous crap and, you know, but, uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm all about experiences and I tell you what, that Saskatchewan hunt is an experience, so it's pretty cool. I will put that on my radar, yeah. sir, because put it on the yeah. list. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I got a few on there, but you Let's know, go. get the ones that are right. in the next few years and keep planning for the future here. But, but right. hey, I really appreciate you doing this podcast. I really enjoyed the conversation. Mm-hmm. I hope you did awesome, as well. Um, I did, I did. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate no, thanks it. for coming on. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. good. It was cool to get the yeah. different perspective from the food plot thing, learn a little bit, and I think you're just an interesting guy in general the way it all came about. Um, where can people Thank find you. you if they want to get uh, a Packer Max? How do they do it? Uh, PackerMax.com, uh, two actors, and uh, we've got all of our all of our uh, models listed on there. And if you if you, I'm going to tell you right now, one of our uh, one of our biggest attributes of our company is customer service and if you look at any review of our company out there or our product the, you know they'll, they'll say that and i want to treat my customers like i want to be treated and that's kind of the that's kind of our business model and our our, our you know live and die by um because i'm telling you if i call if i call a big company these days uh, it's a train wreck trying to get customer service and so Mm-hmm. If you if you buy our product and you have a problem with it, you know we're going to take care of you uh, as quickly as humanly possible and uh, um, and make make sure that you're going to be happy with with your purchase because you know we don't take it lightly that if you choose to to purchase through us, you know we 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 appreciate that and another thing you know our product is is 100% made in the USA and it's going to stay that way. So I love awesome. it, man. I love it. Well, hopefully next time we podcast together, which I hope there is a next time, I, I'd oh, like yeah. to have you down in studio at our new studio when it's all wrapped up and uh, be able to share a beer with you or a whiskey and, and kind of hang out and make it a true experience. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. I appreciate it. And I'll have uh, – so, you know, that's another another layer to me, and I don't I don't look down on anybody that drinks, but I'm a, I'm a 20-year recovering alcoholic. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so – We'll have I mean, a water I, for I've you. Had, 
yeah, I've had my stint with with it, and I uh, probably drank more than I should have in three lifetimes. But <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I knocked back with some Lacroix, and, and uh, there you but, uh, go. All I right, can hang with the best of them. So, that's awesome, yeah. man. well, so and then I'll get I'll be getting you, uh, Kurt. I think uh, you know we talked about getting one of these in your hands too, and we'll get that taken care of here sooner than later. So, all right, awesome, man. man. Well, I appreciate. It. I'm going to be the working class bow hunter team uh, food plot contractor uh, with the old James. We're gonna. We're going to put that old Yanmar to work, you know? Exactly. Yeah, just work it like a horse, man. <laughs> I'm going to get all $3,000 worth out of that yeah, son of a and bitch. We're, uh, <laughs> we're going to come, me and Eric probably can come steal it for a little bit. <laughs> hey, I'll trailer her over there. Yeah. I'll have the Packer Max. In the, you just have 38 gallons of gallon yeah, yeah, jugs yeah, yeah. of milk full right, of water. Ready, yeah. And 38, <laughs> Jesus. I don't know if I remember that right. 38 gallons. I think you're right. 38, yeah. 38 one-gallon Milk jugs? Yeah, that'd be great. If you could have that ready for me, Doug, then I'll, I'll pack or max any pot you need, brother. Perfect. <laughs> we'll just siphon out of my truck the gas, and then we'll put it back in. <laughs> hey, I, mean, I mean, that would work, but if you smoke, you could have problems. Yeah, <laughs> good thing we're not smokers. We're not know? smokers. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, unless the Yanmar right. explodes or something and catches fire, then we're in trouble. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you. Um, thanks, everyone. Yeah, you guys, too. I, thanks, appreciate everyone, for tuning it, in. Doug, Eric, you got anything? No, thanks for coming on, man. No, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you got it, man. Yeah, I guess I'll figure out. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Hope you learned something and enjoyed this conversation. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.